I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse-inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest spicy scenes that I've read in a, in a minute. And I'm currently in between books. So if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods. So if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun. (laughs) Regency era historical fiction and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hi, Sam. Hi, what's up? What should our listeners do if they're like, oh my God, I just don't have enough just break up in my life? Oh, I have the perfect solution. What is it? Listen to other podcasts? No. (laughs) Other podcasts are awful. This is the only one that's good. It's the only one that exists. Absolutely. Um, They can go to patreon.com slash justbreakuppod and support us for $5 a month and get a bonus episode Every single week. An extra episode of Just Break Up every single freaking week. You're I know. Kidding. Can you imagine? And how much do they have to pay for this quality, extra amazing content? $5 a month. $5 a month? How much is that every episode? That is $1.20 per episode. One twenty. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Add it up. Nope, that's wrong. That's it's wrong. 125. It's 125. <laughs> All right, so if you want more unprofessional, unqualified advice and mathematics, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash justbreakuppod for just $5 a month. Get an extra episode every week. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to talk about our partner's exes, how to coexist with an ex, a good, clean break, and rejecting good, true love. Ooh. Yeah, right. It's going to be dark, y'all. I'm already triggered. (laughs) Uh, But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. Nope. I rarely know how to pronounce words, apparently. No, that's right. You don't. Yeah, as gamut, we learned in our, gambit, our last still episode. Hurt. <laughs> still hurt about that betrayal. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about that. No, it's fine. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. We're not professionals, so please take our advice as you see fit in your life. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some laughs and maybe a little bit of understanding on this very rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Love. Whatever the fuck love is. What is love, Sam? Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 31. Our our podcast is almost older in episode years than us, me. Yeah, it's older than me. Yeah, you young baby bastard. That's right. (laughs) We might have the same birthday, but it's not the same year. No, it's not. Sierra is 18 years older than me. Shut the fuck up. That's your favorite (laughs) joke. Um, All right. So what's our check-in topic today? Our check-in topic is when to DTR. First of all, I don't know what that means. I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) I hate you. 
What is it? What is it, Sam? Uh, DTR. Wait, is... Let me guess first. Okay. It's DTR. Dinosaur nope. tracking radar. I wish. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> dance. When to dance. Truly, really. <laughs> dance the. Uh, really again that's all i have (laughs) okay you know you came up with two and a half funny things thank you thank you uh no it's defining the relationship oh when to define the relationship yeah you know why is that shorthand why is that even a thing i hate our culture (laughs) no it totally is a thing though i know but like why like i hate that our dating culture necessitates like a funny quippy way to be like are we dating or not because i think it's just like it gives us it gives us an excuse to be idiots. I don't I don't really know what that cranky rant was about. I'm sorry, folks at home. I'll try to be a little bit more positive moving forward. We appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so when to define the relationship. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, like in our thinking of it is always like a sit down conversation. Totally. Like, okay, we need to have a talk about who we are and what we're doing. Right. And and when I think of that, when what I think where my crankiness comes from is DTR makes me think of situationships. Yep. You know what I mean? And situationships make me think of apathetic people hurting each other. <laughs> uh-huh. Um but in reality like I've had lots of healthy situations if yeah. I can if I can switch my attitude mm-hmm. in which Oh, all of a sudden we go from seeing each other or hanging out to dating. Like yeah. this is my significant other. Right. Um, so let me get my crankiness out of here. And 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 I think I'm going to just for my own positivity's sake, I'm not going to talk about situationships. I'm going to talk yeah. about relationships that are on the track of dating. Right. Does that sound good? Yeah. And Ish. I feel like DTR, like that discussion is often the first one that like establishes the healthy communication. Right. Because that's the first one we were like, okay, we've both been sort of like navigating this space together. And now we have a conversation about what I want and what you want and if that is compatible. I love that. So, listeners at home, what Sam is saying, and I'm taking note of this, (laughs) is that if you start a, a transparent, honest conversation about your desires and what you want from their relationship early, that becomes part of the foundation of your relationship. Yes. That you cannot go back. You cannot, you know, you can't build a house and then take the basement away. Like, yep. the basement's already there. Yep. Um, and I love that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the whole house can burn down, for sure. Okay, but thanks, at least, Sam. like, you've <laughs> started on a foundation <gasps> that leads to a stable house that's you not going like, to, like, tip over. <laughs> Okay, so when do you define a relationship? Um, oh, wow. I didn't realize we were going to have to say, like, at what mark? Well, that's what the question is. Yeah, no, I realize that now. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to share your story first? Oh, yeah. Uh, the story of me and Peter defining the relationship is that uh, we were with our friends who, like, had a weird conversation, like, in front of us about whether or not they were exclusive. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, and then so you like witnessed? Yeah, like the awkwardness, like and just to paint the scene a little, do you think like was that a conversation that that had come out of stress? Like were they like, oh Oh, yeah? So it wasn't you didn't witness a healthy? Are we? No, I witnessed a moment of panic on one person's (gasps) behalf. Oh my god, I'm sweating for them, (laughs) and you you're you're married now, so like this is a long past thing. Yes, Uh, and then Peter and I both looked at each other, and we both like nodded. And I was like, yeah, we're good. And that was like how we decided that we were going to be exclusive. Oh, oh my God. I love you. I love Peter mostly because I I know that Peter would be the anxious one in that situation. Yeah, for sure. That's why we both like I knew that he was going to be anxious. And, like, and, that, and it was and like that you and you knew that he needed the reassurance. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that you're about to tell people when and how to have this conversation. And you nodded. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good. Okay, definitely not professionals, folks. No, like I'm saying, we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're coaching athletes to run a marathon and you like sat down <laughs> in a chair. That was the extent of your physical. And like somehow won the race. Yeah, yeah, totally. God <laughs> damn it. All right. Um, so uh, that's a cute story. Yeah. But get to the advice. Okay, so the advice is, is that there's no right time to have this discussion. 
I disagree. You mean you're like, okay, at three weeks you need to have the discussion or you no, need no, to no, get no. off the no, pot? No, 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 I just think that there are, there's a wrong time to have this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> a funeral, <laughs> one day in, you know, 59 days in. Yes. Three but something examples can be of wrong. Ra- not wrong and still also not be right. Get out of here with your meta <laughs> fucking hippie bullshit. <laughs> We feel very combative today, but we are laughing more than normal. I like it. Um, Okay, so, yes, I agree that there's no wrong time that, like, you know when the right time is or, like, if if you're listening to your desires um, and your desires want to be exclusive with that relationship, then maybe it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Except for would you do that with somebody right away? I don't know that you would. Right. Like it's defining the relationship. So it's not like that talk about exclusiveness. Right. But checking in with the person that you're dating about their feelings about the relationship and yours and if they're compatible is something that you should be doing early on. Yes. Even if it's not like, uh, are we dating? But like, <laughs> what was that <laughs> but like, hey, you know, we've been seeing each other for a few months. Like, are like, I'm yeah. feeling good about this. How are you feeling about yeah. it? Like. And ladies and gentlemen, and those who do not subscribe to the gender binary out there, Sam just said, so we've been dating for a couple months now. What do we, and that's a perfect fucking example of my best friend. Like I'm over here, like three dates in, I'm like, are we getting married? Are we having children? And Sam could date someone for six months and not know their last name. Yeah, (laughs) I could do that. But that's just that we just represent the full gamut of the human dating experience. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway. like, if you need to have this discussion three dates in, great. Right. I think the most important thing we're saying is this type of transparent conversation or communications, I guess, uh, sets the stage. Yep. Um, so, when is a good time to define the relationship? When you want more than what you have. Yeah. Or when you're afraid of losing it. Yeah. Or when you think you want to date this person. Yep. Um, yeah. Checking in about your feelings and the other people's, other person's Validating your feelings, too. Yeah, is like, that it should be a conversation that happens as frequently as it needs to. (laughs) 100%. And I think that Sam and I's answer to this is really vague because defining things can be really vague. It's not like a timeline, like... Society makes us want to think that there is a step-by-step thing that if X, Y, Z happens, we therefore have to be this way. Or, you know, if if he does this, then you have to respond this way. None of that is true. We are all free, organic beings just doing whatever the hell our little organic bodies do. Yep. Not scientists either, folks. (laughs) Can't do math. Can't do science. That's all right. We can barely do English, too, even though we both majored in that. Listen, you you can do English. I, you know, I'm just a good friend of English. Okay, let's get into our letters. Yes, um, let's do that. Uh, and uh, thank you, Laura, for the check-in topic. We snagged it off of our Instagram posts a couple weeks ago. Okay, so let's get to our first letter, which is from... Uh, Rosalita Anonymous, who's writing from Seattle. Hi, lovelies. I want to say thank you for this amazing podcast. I'm trying to find a therapist that works for me, but in the meantime, your words have guided me through all of my head and heart work. Oh my God, I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, 19, Leo Sun, Cancer Moon, Cishet. (laughs) So my ex and I have recently broken up. Pretty mutual settlement. We just weren't what we needed at the time. He wanted to be alone, and I didn't know or love myself enough to live live with another person. Uh, we tried to be friends after, but we just kept growing more distant. Actually, we tried being friends with benefits, but that grew cold eventually, too. We attended the same classes and have the same friend group on campus. We are civil, but we just talk like we used to. It's weird to text him or even try to talk to him when our friends aren't around. We just end up ignoring each other. We won't be seeing each other next year because he is moving back to Oregon. My questions are, how do I be around him without feeling awkward and not having a voice in my head telling me I miss him, even though I know I don't want to get back together? What other advice do you have for coexisting with an ex that you see frequently? Hmm. Uh, First piece of advice, you don't have to coexist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just think so many of our letters, so many of our listeners struggle with trying to reconcile being friends with their exes because that's what we want and like 
damn if it's not true if I like I that I admire people who are so tight with their exes. I'm like, oh, cool. Isn't that an example of like a well-rounded, mature human being? Mm -hmm. That's not true. (laughs) That is a fallacy that I'm creating in my head (laughs) to like make an unattainable standard to meet. Um, Right. It's okay to cut people out of your life. It's okay to never speak to someone again, especially and even if they were somebody you loved once. Yep. Um, You just don't have to... Not everybody is meant for us. No, that's period. absolutely true. And I think especially in the in the age of social media where we have access to everyone so much, I and I just think that we feel like the need to keep people in our lives or stay Facebook friends or whatever and you just you don't have to. Yep. Years ago we didn't have this much access to each other. Absolutely. That being said, I understand that people go to school with their exes, they work with their exes, they live with their exes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not as simple as this first piece of advice, but I did want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. You do not have to be friends with your ex. Not even a little. You don't. But have you ever worked with an ex or... I know you lived with your ex for two years. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> That's a great time. Um, no, I've never worked with an ex. I Don't shit what you eat. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be so fun. Yeah, it's scandalous. Scandalous. Uh, no, I haven't either. I, I don't think so. But I'm sure an ex out there is waving their fist at me, being like, "Saying we what did am it. I? What am I, chopped liver?" <laughs> um, but I have been. We did it. <laughs> That's funny. I have been. Like, I have had mutual friends with exes and have had to, like, continue to see them after yeah. we Yeah, oh, up. that's hard for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's first, what's your advice for coexisting with exes? Cheerful and stupid. Tell me about it. <laughs> Cheerful and stupid is a thing that I invented. It's not, that's not true, <laughs> I stole it. Uh, from a woman named uh, Dr. Joy Brown, who was a, a counselor who yeah. had a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, the idea is that uh, when you're around someone that you don't like, that you have to be around them, you are cheerful and stupid. So you are happy. Um, you just exude positivity and you're stupid, which doesn't mean that you act dumb, but that you don't read into the things that they're saying. Right. So the passive aggressive stuff, the um, little digs that might be happening, you don't see it. You're above it. You're above it. You're, you're like, you're like on this happy, like, Clueless, but wonderful cloud. Absolutely. Which is not to say that, like, you should be doing this around all of your friends all the time, right? It's just in the specific circumstances when you have to be around him. Right. That you just treat him with joy and stupidity. Right. And and I would even say passive joy yeah. and passive stu- stupidity, meaning, like, if you have to be in the same space as them, um, maybe it's like, hi. Yep. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And you go talking to other people or like if he comes over to talk to you, say, yep. And then you excuse yourself to do another conversation. Yep. And that's what we mean by cheerful and stupid. You don't have to take any um, behavior that you don't deserve. No. You don't have to be the victim of any harsh words or any weird passive aggressivity. This is a way to make yourself above all of that. Yep. And he he or they or she is going to come home, go home and be like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, why were they so happy? Yeah. Like, aren't they like it's going to make you look awesome. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Even if you're not feeling it and you can talk to your friends and your therapist yeah. about how you're feeling about everything. But like that person doesn't need to see that and they're not entitled to it. So no, you just they're give not them. Entitled. And oh, that's a great point. Oftentimes when I'm hurting, like in a relationship thing. Yep. I want them to know I'm hurting yep. because I think it, it validates my pain and somehow in a really fucked up way, it validates them like that. It's like, like, it's almost like I'm taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me work through this idea because it's a little weird, but I think it's really real that like, I want them to know that it does hurt, that I am hurting mm-hmm. and therefore it makes them feel important So Mm. my desire to communicate to them like, oh, look, I'm hurting is both self-gratifying or like self-serving, meaning it's like, oh, look at me. I'm hurt. You fucker. Yeah. You get to express that hurt. Right. But it also tells them that they're important to me. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to do the like, 
fuck you, I'm better single thing. Um, except for this last fast, this fast time, which I totally 100% was better. Um, I mean, you said it, not but me. But isn't that a weird, isn't that a weird instinct to like want to share my hurt so that they feel the hurt too, but the importance of the hurt? Is that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I don't know, some sort of like animal instinct in us to yeah. like, Go limping back to the people that have hurt us and be like, see, you did hurt me. Yeah, you do matter. Right. Let me give you this last bleeding gift. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. I hate let, myself. Let me sacrifice myself <laughs> upon the altar yeah. of you. <laughs> anyway, and we told you it would be dark, folks. <laughs> um, And also, like, you know, when you're in the same room with you and you feel awkward, um. Like, first of all, it's okay to feel awkward because, like, you're in a room alone with your ex. And, like, there's a lot of shit that's being unsaid right right now. Unsaid. I love that. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's okay to feel awkward. But also, I'll tell you this thing that I've learned as an adult, (laughs) like, who has been through shit. Yes. Awkward is only as awkward as you make it. I totally agree. Right? So, like, if you're in that situation and you're feeling really awkward, like... You don't have to. You right. you could you can release yourself from that feeling because there's nothing in the universe that is directing you that this is awkward. Right. Like that's something that is coming from in yourself and is like giving you that anxiety around right. being awkward. And you can say, "No, no. This isn't awkward." It's literally like a hands up to the universe, "Fuck it." Yeah. Like, like fuck it. I'm I'm not going to participate in this. No, absolutely. This is weird and shitty, but like I don't have to feel worse. Exactly. And so like just tell yourself when you feel like, ooh, it's awkward. What should I be doing? You shouldn't be doing anything. And it's not awkward. It's right. fine. Totally. You're going to get through it. You are going to get through it. We love you and we believe in you. We hope this makes it a little less shitty. Absolutely. Thanks for writing. Hey, friends. Did you know that most Americans think that they spend about $62 per month on subscriptions? But get this, the real number is actually closer to $300. That's literally thousands of dollars a year, half of which we've probably forgotten about. Thankfully, there's Rocket Money, and Rocket Money finds subscriptions that you forget about, and they can help you cancel the ones that you don't want anymore. I did like a mental tally before we started recording of like how many how much money I actually pay on subscriptions every month, and I would have told you like, I don't know, 50 bucks, and after like... 30 seconds. It was like into the hundreds. So it's really great that Rocket Money exists to help you manage those unwanted subscriptions. That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it within a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me the monthly spending as compared to last month so I can drag myself you know once a month uh, and I can clearly see all of my spending habits plus they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. All right. This next letter is from Naya, who is writing to us from Helsinki, Finland. Wow. I know. Do you know where Finland is? Um, <laughs> I Okay. So no math, no science, no geography, but we can talk about relationships. You know, it's so, fine. I only know where it is because I had a Finnish professor in college. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. Naya writes, my question is, why can't I just let go? Hi, Sierra and Sam. I recently discovered your amazing heartwarming podcast and felt compelled to write you about my inner ter- turmoil. A couple of years ago, I met a guy on Tinder 
my first date in years. At the time, I felt I needed to let myself be free and get back into dating. We started going out and quickly ended up spending a lot of time together. We got on, we laughed, and the sex wasn't too bad either. Soon, though, he told me he didn't want a relationship but kept, uh, but to keep it casual. I was prepared for that because at that point, I was more exhilarated with him than in love with him. We both started seeing other people for a while while seeing each other still. I was fine with it at first because it was also a part of my own adventurous side. For example, we had a couple threesomes, not really my thing anymore, but I'm glad I experienced it. After about six months of this, our sex stopped when he gave me chlamydia. Great. Right. I was able to get over it and told him, hey, we had a blast, but this is a good time for us to go our separate ways. I... I'm ready to open myself to a real relationship, and I know that love is not with him. We also started having emotionally charged arguments at this point. He just couldn't let me go. He supported my wish to find a boyfriend, but still would ask to come over, and when he did, he would want to cuddle or sleep in my bed. Even though he wasn't suggesting sex anymore, probably grossed out by the chlamydia episode, he felt the need to still be emotionally intimate. I told him I feel comfortable... I told him I feel uncomfortable with the physical and emotional intimacy of cuddling when those feelings are not reciprocated and we are not in a relationship. He'll tell me he loves me, but it's almost like a child telling his mother. To describe him to you, he's a highly intelligent, driven by the need to, quote, make it, and always says that due to the male nature, he is, quote, in need of a hedonistic lifestyle where he sleeps with a lot of women. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow, this is a lot. Uh, I do not believe he has many friends. In fact, in the two years we've been seeing each other, I never knew him to meet up with a single one. I feel that I am the only only person, specifically woman, who is satisfying his emotional needs since he is vulnerable underneath the charming, confident exterior. He will o- only openly cry and yell in my presence. Whatever the relationship is between us, it's not healthy. I've blocked him several times, but some- something makes me not cut him off completely. My friends will say I don't need a psychologist to figure this one out, but I am not weak enough to do it without support. I hate myself for saying this, but I've never cut anyone out of my life and it feels so drastic is a clean break the only way forward p.s thank you so much for all that you do i'll definitely be spreading the word of your podcast here in finland Ooh! thank you so much naya i love this letter i don't like the situation that you're in but um i'm super excited to answer it yeah and thanks for spreading our podcast in finland that's great um what do you want to tackle first sam (laughs) Um, yeah, so I think that there is, yes, a clean break is the only thing that's going to solve this. <laughs> he tried, folks. He tried to go, yeah. And, but, okay, so we're going to give you our opinion. Again, take it as you see fit. But our opinion is you can't be with someone who is so emotionally unhealthy and unfulfilling to your desires. Yep. And you can't be with them 50%. You, mm-hmm. can't be, you can't give them 20% of yourself and have them expect that to be enough. Yep. Right. He will never get it. He will never stop taking from you yeah. until you stop allowing him. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Yeah, and I don't think that cutting him off right now is, a, is drastic in any way. Um, because I think that the drastic behavior has already happened. Right. Right, like the fact that he is so... Uh, reliant on you to validate him emotionally and even though you're not having sex physically too because like y'all are cuddling in bed together so he's getting at least some sort of physical right gratification he, out of that right that like that's what's drastic the fact that you have been giving and so giving. much of yourself to him already is like the alarm bells are going off right, right? so like taking care of yourself is not drastic Taking care of yourself is not an imposition on others. So he, it's not your fault that he doesn't have other friends. It's not yes. your fault that he doesn't get the emotional fix that he needs from people around him. Yes, come right? on, preach, Sam. <laughs> you owe him absolutely nothing at this point. Right. You have given too much already. Right. And so the only way to, to make sure that he doesn't ask for more is to cut him off completely. 
my best friend, ladies and gentlemen, and those who do not prescribe to the gender binary. That was fucking super on point. Um, let's talk. I want to step out of the Naya situation for one second and talk about why people find cut like the cutoff mm-hmm. so difficult. Yeah. And I think it goes back to culture, right? Mm-hmm. I, it, our societal um, education on what dating is like. It's like. People don't tell you to cut people out. No, they that, don't. That's not in any romantic book no. or rom-com or or even a fucking health class about like how to deal with relationships. Like people right. don't tell you that you can just cut people out of your lives. No, they don't. And let me add to this, like ghosting. We talk about ghosting a lot on this podcast and how it is not the emotionally responsible thing to do, but there are sometimes reasons we do it, but like ghosting sucks and it always hurts someone, yada, yada, yada. But I also think that there's, there's too negative of a stigma around ghosting. Same. Because I think we associate it with people who are shitty. Yep. And people who are the people who chronically use people. But sometimes you ghost because they are not, deserving mm-hmm. of the emotional labor it would take to cut them off. Absolutely. Because like, he has told you, Naya, this guy has told you that he will, you will draw the line and he will step over it. And yeah. you'll draw a new line and he will step over it. Yep. It doesn't matter if he he consents to you guys not having sex. He's still coming over to your house after you told him this is not what you want. He's still asking to cuddle with you even though you told him you're not comfortable with that. Yep. Like he's crossing all of the lines. Yes. Um. And so, I, I mean, where do you think that... Where do you think the 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 urge to not cut people out comes from, Sam? I mean, I think uh, that especially for people who are givers and caretakers, yep. right? Like um, that there's a certain amount of of uh, guilt that goes along with that. Right. And I think that we hold ourselves responsible for other people more than we should. We hold ourselves responsible for other people's happiness. Yep. But other people's happiness is not on you. Yep. You are not responsible for other people's wellness. They and, are. Right. And here's the thing, Naya. You are not what he needs. Yes. Right? Like, you are not the thing that is going to make him happy, healthy, and whole. Overextending yourself is not love. Exactly. Um, and he needs he needs to go to therapy. He needs to... I mean, he needs a whole bunch of stuff. Do you know stuff. what he needs? He needs somebody to cut him off. Yeah. You said he fe- he says, I love you. And you said you feel like it is like a child to a mother. And you know what a mother would do? Like, you cut off the cell phone. You you ground them. You, yep. Like, boundaries are the manifestation of our maturity. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that this guy doesn't have a lot of boundaries in his life. He's not told no often. Right. And you know what pushes us into growth is uncomfortable, uncharted territory. Absolutely. And that's what he needs. He needs you to cut him off. And we know you know this. And we know it's really hard for you. But I promise this is this is the only choice at this part. Unless, like... The, here's the, like, where's the sunless no, no, going? <laughs> yeah, here's the scenario that I'm going to paint for you, Naya. You either cut him out... And or the alternative is you keep doing this forever. Yep. Take your pick. That's it. And that's I mean, that is the the answer there is like either he's gone it, or he this continues stops. to eat part of you every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. And we're not blaming for you you for this. We no. adore you. We think that this letter is super endearing and we see ourselves in this letter. Yep. Um, I think so, that's why we're so adamant. It's because like we're trying yeah. to tell ourselves. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go back in time. And yeah, right. Somebody once said to me, like, in relationships, you either stay together, or you break up. Mm-hmm. You stay together forever. You get married. You do whatever you want forever, or you break up. Those are the two. There's ultimately those are the two options. Yep. And in this scenario, you either keep doing it like this. Yep. Or it stops. Yeah. Because you stop it. And we know, Sam and I know, that you have all of the tools and resources in your toolbox to do it. You just have to pick them up. Yep. Thanks so much for writing, Naya. We love you. And I promise I will locate Finland on a map. <laughs> I just can't. I think I know where it is. I just can't confidently say it. Yeah, that's fine. That doesn't make me sound ignorant. No. Okay. Uh, apparently, also, people from Finland thinks, think that the country of Finland looks like a woman. <gasps> Ooh, I can't. I love women. <laughs> This is coming from my one Finnish professor. So I'm just like, all people of Finland. (laughs) Um, 
I just meant to clarify, I do love women. <laughs> but I love the uh, shapes of women. Like, I, all, my favorite paintings have women's bodies in them. Oh, nice. You're going to love Finland. <laughs> <laughs> Naya, we love you. We're really sorry that we sound like idiots right now. Uh, all right. Our next letter comes from Lynn Anan from Minneapolis. Hey, Sam and Sierra, I'm going to dive right in. I'm a 22-year-old woman in a relationship with a 33-year-old man. His previous relationship ended about a year and a half ago and was eight or so years long. They had a beautiful daughter together who is now eight. They split up due to his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's alcoholism. He says he could never trust her again, but will always love her as the daughter of their or the mother of their daughter. My boyfriend and I are now three months into our second round of dating. We first got involved with each other romantically about nine months ago, but the first time around didn't work out as well. Long story short, he said he didn't want anything serious, but sent some mixed signals. Mm. I felt underappreciated and confused. When we first met, he said he'd never let someone meet his kid unless it was serious. Then a month later, he asked me multiple times to meet his kid. So I did, and we hung out quite a bit. Went to the park, uh, out to eat, spent the night at his place in his bed when she wasn't there, so on and so on. And when we were apart, our daily lives, he rarely reached out first and didn't see a problem with not taking or with not talking for multiple days, despite me saying it bothered me. Blah, 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 blah. We took a three-month break, and that was supposed to be a forever breakup, but we continued to think about each other quite a bit and got back together. Hopefully, I haven't overwhelmed you with context, but it's all important. Here's where I'd like your input. My boyfriend and his ex still talk a lot due to having their lovely kiddo. They spend most holidays together as a family and go on random family outings. I'm all for that. They're a family even if the parents are not together. Their daughter deserves that. From what I can tell, he lets me know when she comes over without me even asking. Hmm. Her alcoholism causes some uncomfortable conversations for me, though. My boyfriend has told me she has brought up getting back together with him multiple times. She calls him when she falls off the wagon and at times has tried to kiss him or whatever else she feels like when he comes over to help. Just today, he told me that she had another relapse and that he was going over to her place to give her company. I hate that it makes me uneasy, but I can't help it. He seems to be a very loyal person, yet I can't help but get emotional about the thought of them together alone in such vulnerable situations. I appreciate that he tells me about it, and I want their daughter to have parents that support each other for the sake of their daughter. I really want to get along with the mother slash his ex, but it's hard when I get the feeling that she'd rather have me out of the picture. Hmm. Until very recently, she's gotten extremely upset when we almost run into each other and are potentially forced to meet. She recently brought up meeting and telling her daughter that my boyfriend and I are together, so I guess that's a good sign. To add a more complicated emotions into the mix, I have told my boyfriend I love him for the first time. I've never told anyone that I'm in love with them and have never cared about a relationship this much. It's terrifying to think that it could be taken away. If I bring my anxieties up about this and he doesn't take it well, I don't know how to move forward without feeling even more sick about it. Am I just being insecure? What do you guys think about this whole situation? Any advice helps. Thanks so much for reading and putting energy into this amazing podcast. I love this podcast so, and both of you so much. Oh, and Sierra, your poetry is the shit. Aw, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for writing. Um, I'm super glad you gave us all this context. Yeah. Um, and this is a tricky one for me. I think that this is, yeah, this is difficult. It is. Um, There's a lot of like really complex and like, adult things about this situation yes totally um okay so i'm gonna say a difficult thing first Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say it first because it is just it's it's the cloud that's hovering over all of this yes and the difficult thing is this ex this woman uh her long relationship the her her partner her her the father of her child that relationship didn't end that too too long ago. Yep. Um, what has it been like a year and a half or two years or something like that? Something like that. But that a year and a half ago. Yep. Yeah, and that in context to an eight year relationship in which you have a lifelong tie to that person, like a child, like the experience of raising a child with someone is so life altering, and she. This is specifically coming from your comment about her not wanting to meet you or feeling upset when you guys almost crossed paths. Like, you are really triggering for her. Yeah. And she's obviously already struggling with alcoholism and her own demons that 
I mean, in my worst times, I haven't wanted to run into people either. And I've pitched a fit about the person who I saw, quote unquote, replacing me. Right. Um, And that's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair. um, But that's the reality that that you represent something really painful to her. Mm. So hope you're right that the, the, the higher, more evolved version of this, you will eventually be able to have a relationship. Um, and I believe in that. I, I think that that's real yep. and, and to be expected. That is, that is the only way that these things can coexist. But right now she's hurting really bad about a couple things, mm-hmm. right? Her own addiction, her relationship, um, and she's going to take it out on you yeah, or, or not necessarily take it out on you, but see you as the, as the metaphor that wraps it all up. Yeah. And so she might not be able to meet you where you're at intellectually or emotionally. Yes. No. Period. And I think that that, um, is important to remember in the idea that like, I don't think that this relationship is ever going to look good or perfect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe not perfect. I think that there is a world in which you could coexist. I'm only pushing back on that. I know what you meant, but I want to clarify, like, there are so many alternative um, families out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I I think our obsession with marriage and our anti-obsession with divorce and or or even our obsession to date people who don't have children, it's just not realistic. Like, there are so many um, ways to have a family out there. And so this could... This could be a family. You could you could you could merge into their family. It's just not it's never going to be seamless. It's not going to be an easy transition. Absolutely. And I would say that from the so there's I think there's a certain amount of justifiable behavior that mm-hmm. that you could feel as a as an ex towards a person's new right person. But I um I don't think that the within the way that his ex is currently behaving, that there is a healthy place for you in mm-hmm. that. And that's not to say um, that it's unworkable, but I think that their your your boyfriend's behavior towards his ex is going to have to change. Yes, tell me more about that. <laughs> because your so your uh, boyfriend is currently putting himself into situations where he knows that inappropriate behavior is going to happen because he knows that this is the way that his, his ex is operating Mm -hmm. and your, your husband, and this is blunt, but your husband isn't, is helping to enable her alcoholism by continuing to be there for her and coming back to her every single time she falls off the wagon. True. Let me add to that. Just a little thing. This is why this letter is so complicated because add a child to that. Yep. And so like, Maybe he doesn't go over there when she falls off the wagon. Maybe she, he goes over there and gets the daughter. Like maybe what Sam is saying is enabling someone require or like not enabling someone requires strict and firm boundaries. Yep. And so maybe one of the new boundaries is uh, she's not allowed to drink around the kid or else he takes her away. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's from your letter. It doesn't sound like he is. He's going over there and taking the kid and and coming home, mm-hmm. right? It sounds like he's having conversations with her about getting about and her telling him that she wants to get back together, mm-hmm. right? That all needs to not happen in order for them to to sort of move towards a healthy end, right? And the issue here is that you are sort of on the outside watching all of this happen, right. and the. That the explosion from that is impacting you. Right. And so the question is, like, how can you have a conversation with your boyfriend about this? And how can you support him in not supporting his ex-wife's drinking habits? Right. Or how do you extricate yourself from the situation? Because if nothing changes, this isn't going to go well for any of you. I totally agree. Um, I do want to take stock, though, of I really love and appreciate the fact that you shared that he he communicates this with you mm-hmm. um, unasked for, like yep. like that you you get these sort of uncomfortable updates without having to pry for them. So I do yep. want to take stock that like and 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 give you some comfort, honey, that like 
he's working for the betterment of you yep. and your relationship, but he's not breaking the old habits or drawing the right boundaries with his ex. But that being said, I, I do want to say again, I think it's so fucking complicated with children. It is for sure. Um, that the fact that that person's well-being is at stake. Yep. Um, that you went through this incredibly life-altering thing together, and so so they have to work together as a family on uncoupling. Like I w- I would suggest couples therapy for this de- for this separated couple. Yeah. How do you move forward as to as to co-parent together? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's perfectly possible for for him to co-parent with her, right? right? And I think that even if she does not address her issues with addiction and and isn't able to make those steps towards recovery, he can still be a co-parent with her. Right. But the issue here is that those lines are being blurred in a way that impacts you negatively and that continues to hurt him and her in this relationship. He has to be like, I don't want to hold him 100% accountable for her behavior. No. But... He has to be a parent only. Yep. Meaning he cannot. Well, I don't. I feel. I feel hesitant to say the like the firm things that I want to say because I don't have children and I and I'm thinking about this breakup as one that is recent within the last year and a half. They were together for so long, mm-hmm. and so that person was his person for so long. Yeah. But any healthy. Yeah, any healthy relationship has to re- reestablish boundaries after a breakup. Yep. And so he needs to work on being just a parent and not a support system for her. Yep. And that's hard to say. Like, I, I feel a little not in my stomach saying that because I'm afraid of people out there um, who are struggling with something like this and feeling like they're doing the best that they fucking can with this terrible situation. Yeah. And we get it, but like pushing through. Becoming the higher evolved version of yourself, getting things to a sustainable, healthy place mm-hmm. means changing past behaviors. Absolutely. And I, you know, want to create, I want to, I have compassion for for him and yes. what he's going through. And I understand that that relationship is complicated and difficult to figure out. Yes. Um, compassion also for his ex who's going through right. addiction, which is like right. not a pleasant thing to go through. No. Coupled with a divorce from a partner who you've had for eight years um, and trying to figure out how to co-parent a child that I'm sure both of them seem to love very much. But Lynn, I'm concerned about you in this situation as well, right? You're the one that's sort of on the outside getting, you know, stuck in this crossfire of this crazy relationship, not crazy, but this really complicated relationship that's happening. Correct. Um, And so... What are you doing to make sure that you have the boundaries, the expectations that you need in order to make sure that you are happy and healthy and whole? And if, again, it's like what we just talked about, like you either break up or you stay together. So does staying together look like this happens all the time for the rest of your lives? Right. Right. And is that something that you can handle? Because it sounds like it's eating away at you and it would eat away at me, too. To have my partner be constantly in a position where he is, you know, even if I, even though I trust him a hundred percent, but to be around someone who is continually ha- like calling upon him when she's at her worst, uh, you know, calling him, trying to kiss him, trying to get back together, having all of these like really intense emotional conversations. Like, even if I know that he would never cross the line to have sex with her or kiss her or whatever it is, the emotional toll that takes is a is difficult for you to deal with. It is right. in some ways a betrayal of the relationship that you two are building together. Right, right. And there's no shame in all of this. If anybody's going through um, a divorce or a uncoupling that involves ki- children, like th- it, this shit is hard. Yeah. This is the stuff that we're t- we're preparing our hearts for. Yep. Like this really, really difficult, really challenging head and heart work. But the reality is, there is. A necessity for boundaries, 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 boundaries. What are the boundaries of this relationship? And can she call him that way? No. Can she ask him to kiss her? No. There has to be a more firm boundary for everybody's sake. And and like Sam says that he's speaking for you. I'm going to speak for your boyfriend that like he cannot 
exist and move on with his life unless he puts up these firm boundaries. Absolutely. Like his happiness is at stake for this. It is. Um, and we hope we hope that we weren't um, out of line, but I think I think you already know all of this. Yep. You really do. It's just it's really hard to. It's hard to I think this I think why I have this knot in my stomach is the nurturer in me finds it really hard to ask ask of other people when they're suffering. Mm-hmm. And 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 Lynn, you're gonna have to ask of your boyfriend who's in this physical position. Yep. And and he is in turn gonna have to ask of his ex yep. who is struggling right now. Absolutely. But that's that's where the healthy is. Yeah. It's is an asking for that. what asking for what you need and saying that you will accept nothing less than that. Right. Right. And that's what all three of you in the situation need to do. Yeah. And it's possible to ask for these really difficult things and have compassion at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Compassion doesn't mean an erosion of self. Right. Right. Like you can have compassion till the cows come home. That was the that's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But that doesn't mean that you have to. You're like until the animals get back (laughs) into their houses. Till the gulls come round. (laughs) That's not it. Uh, You can have all of the compassion in the world, but compassion doesn't mean that you give of yourself yourself. until you're empty. Exactly. Cool. Lynn, we hope this helps. We hope you're you're staying warm in this very cold Minnesota season. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you. All right. Our last letter of the day is from Hannah, who is writing to us from Los Angeles. Hannah uses she, her pronouns. Also, she let us know that it's Hannah, pronounced like Hanukkah, which I think is very charming. It is. Thanks, also, Hannah. the first time you read it, you said Hannah, like Hanukkah. Yeah, it was a joke. It was a joke. You, it was a, it was a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hannah, like Hanukkah. <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay, Hannah. Sorry to make fun of it, but I actually thought it was very cute. That it you was very that. helpful. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Hannah writes, "I am a junior in college, twenty years old, and I recently ended a relationship that lasted over a year. My boyfriend was one of the most kind, supportive, loving people I have ever met. Our communication and trust was always really strong, and he showed me his love in every way he could think of. And while I tried my best to reciprocate." I eventually ended the relationship because my most basic romantic and sexual attraction to him had faded. I know intellectually that this is the best, healthiest, long-term decision for us both, but I still feel wildly guilty that I wasn't capable of loving him, wasn't capable of staying in the healthiest relationship I've ever had. I'm trying to remind myself that I'm still so young, that there's so much more growth that I'm capable of, but my entire relationship history, I don't feel like I've grown at all. I always dated really sweet, wonderful guys and then ended up hurting them because I couldn't love them back, and I'm terrified that this pattern will continue. I don't want to hurt anyone else, but I also want to believe that I'm capable and deserving of kind, exciting, and healthy love. How do you forgive yourself? For not being able to love people who deserved nothing but love. How do I move forward in my relationships when I have all this fear that I'm just repeating the same patterns? Is there any way to keep myself from hurting people I care about? Mm. Hana, there is no way to keep yourself from hurting people you care about. We hurt people. Yep. We just do. And I'm not talking about cheating on people or lying or physically hurting them. I'm not talking about the toxic shit. I'm talking about you at your most healthy, most whole self. You will hurt people you love. Yep. Because we are hardwired for that type of failure. That we're, We are never going to be perfect for people. Mm-hmm. The most perfect, healthy relationships involve some sort of hurt. And, and then healing, communication, getting over it. Like, Sam, yeah. have you hurt Peter? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And how do you move past that? Uh, we had a good conversation about it. And right. then we, <laughs> I changed the behavior. Oh, I thought you were going to say I changed the subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like often the things that we, I mean, often the things that we do to hurt other people are unintentional. Right. Or we just couldn't be our best selves in that moment. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, figuring out how to, have the conversation about the hurt and then identifying ways that you can not do that in the future while also creating space that like failure continues to happen. Um, Like, I mean, that's, that's the reality. I mean, I would never want to hurt Peter, but of course I have. And Peter has also done things to hurt me too. Right. 
And that, Hana, is just an example of a healthy, sustainable relationship that involves that type of disappointment. We're never going to not disappoint people we love. Yep. Um, but I do want to take a moment to talk about my own experience and, and my connection to this letter. I um, have a love in my life that was the most true, most wonderful love. And it was with a man who I still to this day think is one of the best, most wonderful, like most kindred he, pers- pe- people I've ever met. And, and he just he incited something in me that was so wonderful that like he was supportive and funny and kind and not toxic. And he loved me well and he would never hurt me intentionally. And, and we just, we lived life in a same, in the same way. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, you're right. You are young, but I'll give you this story from me and in, in my younger years. Uh, I dated this person for several years in my mid twenties. Um, and we talked about marriage and we talked about children and we talked about buying a house. And to this day, the fact that I fell out of love in whatever way I'm not going to share right now. Um, it's still to, even though I know we weren't, we aren't supposed to be together, even though I now see all of the ways in which we were incompatible. It still hurts me that I couldn't love the person that I loved so much well enough that I didn't, that I couldn't make it work, that we had this plan, this vision for our, our good, true love mm-hmm. and our good, true love wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And, that to this day it's hard to this day i still feel like i have something to feel guilty about or something that i have to make up to him somehow because i couldn't do it we had this vision and and he could he he told me that it was so hard to move on from us because he felt like he had married me in his mind mm. um and and that crushes me to this day i feel like a lot of guilt about that yeah um, and I share all of this to be vulnerable with you wonderful listeners, but also to say to you, Hannah, that good, true love isn't enough a lot. Mm. It, it, it happens. You can love someone and they can be not right for you. Mm. Um, you said it yourself, you, that the, your romantic feelings and your sexual feelings for him faded. That happens. Mm-hmm. And one day it might not be t- today or tomorrow. It might not be this year. It, it, I'm 32, um, and I'm still figuring this out, that one day you can meet somebody and you can push through when you feel like those feelings faded mm-hmm. or, those fa- or those feelings will become re-energized or you're going to find new things that you love about them. It's okay when those good, true, loving people aren't enough for you. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. You have to learn how to forgive yourself for wanting something else. That's just what we're here for. We're we're here to date and love people and to receive their love and and it's all a learning process. Right? Absolutely. I don't know what else I can add to that. <laughs> I also just want to say, Hannah, like, don't over, don't overthink this pattern that you think you have. Yeah, the pattern you that you think you have is just you being in a relationship and it not working. Yep. Like, if you take the dramatized romance out of it, yeah, they were good, but they weren't good enough. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yep. It's okay to leave people, and it's okay to leave people who you think are good. How mm-hmm. lucky you are. How about that? Like, I look back on that relationship. And I just think how lucky I am that it was so good, that it wasn't toxic, that I have now I have this good, true love to hold all other love like to that standard, yeah. you know, and don't get me wrong, girlfriend, like I'm still unpacking and by unpacking, I mean, forgiving myself <laughs> Let's be blunt. <laughs> you know, I'm still forgiving myself for leaving him. Yep. Um, and that's like a daily practice that I have to say, like, it's okay. Like you, you had a right to leave, mm-hmm. and it was for the right reasons. Absolutely. Um, and you too, Hannah. You you have a right to leave people. Yep. And you have a right to find somebody who who keeps your romantic 
and sexual desires, like, and your attention. Absolutely. That good, true love is out there, and it might take a different form than you think of. Absolutely. And I think um, I think you're really lucky to have been the recipient of so much good, true love, and I don't think that you need to feel guilty about that. Right. I think that you're right. I mean, you are young. Your relationships are have been sort of short-term, and there's an opportunity for you in the future to learn so much more about what it feels like to be loved and how to live in a space where you can feel that good, true love. But you don't need to beat yourself up about it for for not not being able to receive it right now. Right. Right? Not being able to uh, keep or, that. Or, or being able to receive it. Right. And just not wanting it. Like, it, right. this has not, it's not that you can't, it's not like they're like, here, take my love. And you're like, oh, no, I can't. It's like, you're saying, here's this love. It, it's not enough for me. Yeah. So it's okay to say this isn't enough. Yep. Even and though this love is good and true. Absolutely. And as you continue to grow and live and learn and love, you will have an understanding of what you want and what those things are. Maybe you have tasted something else and been like, that's absolutely not what I want. Right. Right. So there's going to be an opportunity for you to, to, to continue to, uh, receive good, true love. And even though you may have feel like you are rejecting it right now, that doesn't mean that you need to do that in the future. It doesn't mean that you are incapable of receiving it or that you don't want good, true love, right? right. It just means that for right now, there's something else out there that you want to try and experience. Right. And that's your right. And I think that goes to everyone. Like Hana is 20. Hana is at the beginning of her dating journey, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, um, and but that goes for anyone. If you're in your 30s, your yeah. 40s, your 50s, like you are always here to to learn more about yourself and others, about your capacity to love and you're about your capacity to receive love. Yep. And it is a daily practice that to, to wake up and tell yourself my my needs are important, my desires are valid and that I deserve to be happy. That yep. is a daily practice that we have to show up for every day of our lives. Absolutely. Hannah, thank you so much. Hannah, like Hanukkah, thank you so much for writing. I adore you, and I believe in your journey. Absolutely. We love you. We love you. All right, so that wraps up our letters. Um, and now we're at the blind date portion of the episode, which is when we try to set you up with something that we really like, that we think that you're going to love. And so this week, our blind date is... This week's blind date is called... A book called Journey to the Heart by Melody Beattie. Now, Beattie is spelled B-E-A-T-T-I-E. And what's really cool is this author is the author of several books that have been um, uh, like suggested to us by listeners who mm-hmm. have DM'd us and said, oh, this is a great book. This is a great book. And I write down everybody's suggestions. And I wrote this one down. And then I looked on my own coffee table and already had a book by this author. So <laughs> again, it's called Journey to the Heart. And the subtitle is Daily Meditations on the Path to Freeing Your Soul. Oh. And it is kind of like a daily calendar with just... Um, a page or a half a page worth of daily reflections, like, you know, harnessing your power or um, letting things go or moving on or being present. Or it's a million different, I mean, 365 different tiny entries that you can read. And it's all dated like January 1st, January 2nd. And um, I love it because I'm very new to the meditation world, um, but I feel so rewarded by just small mindfulness by my small reflection. So I wake up, I open this book, not every day because I I, I don't think that those types of practices have to be as militant as we think they are. Yep. But I open the book, I read the entry, I reflect on what that entry means to me. And it's just a great way to center yourself, to be mindful, to remind yourself that this head and heart work is a practice that we have to show up to. None of this emotional intelligence comes Easily, it's not. It's not natural to do the type of work we're asking of you, wonderful yeah. listeners. It requires work. It requires mindfulness, and mindfulness is all about being present and self-reflective and and leaning into that uncomfortable spaces. Absolutely. And I really love this book um, because it it's just a really easy way to to set your brain towards that at the beginning of the day. Again, it's called Journey to the Heart by Melody Beattie. Love it. So it's like a word of a day calendar, but like with hippie woo woo shit in it. I fucking hate you, but yes. 
<laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can uh, like us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can go to JustBreakUpPod.com to send us all questions about all matters of the heart. That's also where you can buy our Just Break Up merchandise and uh, subscribe to our Patreon. For just $5 a month, you can get an extra episode of our unqualified advice (laughs) Uh, once a week. (laughs) Every every week. Every week, yeah. You get an extra episode. Excellent. Went a little uh, off script there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps us keep the lights on, and uh, it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original recording, editing, and music by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, boundaries are the manifestation of our own maturity, of our own emotional intelligence. Once we give ourselves permission to set boundaries, we give ourselves permission to truly live freely. It's okay to say no. It's okay to to say yes. It's okay to say only in this way. It's okay to say, no, you can't treat me like this anyway, anymore. It's okay to say you have no longer earned a space in my life. You can you do not pay any rent to be here, so I'm going to kick you out. It's okay to make space for the good true love that's out there, and it's also okay to say this good true love is not good enough for me anymore. I deserve to be happy, healthy, and whole whether that's with other people or not. And remember, if, if all, all else fails, fails just break up. Was I supposed to say that with you? <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha